0: Hey, Craig!
1: Hey Jeff, this is a basketball episode, we're only talking about basketball, if you're here to hear about football,
0: fuck off,
1: this is (laughs) basketball, it is basketball season, we finally made it, finally, this is is why Jeff and I do this, basketball, let's go, basketball (laughs) is fun, this is Podcast versus Everyone, episode 158, I'm Craig Powers with me as always is Jeff Nusser. Jeff, after another successful basketball weekend with one of the biggest basketball weekends in well, the biggest in over a decade coming up. How are you feeling? Yeah.
0: Dude, I am so fired up. I am so pumped. And if uh if our the traffic on our website is any indication we are in the minority. Yeah. Yeah, come on. <laughs>
1: I mean, obviously, any of y'all that listen to this, like, probably go to the site. But yes, well, after yes. signing day, whew, like, yeah, if people just checked out, but yeah. uh, hey, hopefully, they're checking in for, uh, I, for, for I uh, so. this weekend.
0: It is funny though. Like, so, you know, you and I having, you know, written for the site for a, for a very long time <laughs> at this point, uh, you know, we joke about, you know, football is what really what moves the needle, right? Like, like people are, mo- and this is not, we're not throwing shade. Like, so please don't, you know, misinterpret this. We're not throwing shade. It's just that football is what moves the needle. People really, 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 really care about football. Um, they care about basketball in so much as the, the team is like, you know, really good, which you know, over the course of WC's history has been very rarely. So, uh, so it's just not a real, real big, uh, you know, basketball following, even though this team is really good. They also have some, you know, head scratching losses. If you don't really know that much about the teams they were playing, you know, so you scratch your head and go, Oh my God, how'd they lose to out to go to state oh my god how'd they lose to new mexico state well those are two top 100 teams they're pretty decent barely lost to them uh oh my god how'd they lose to boise state well boise state right now is ranked 30th in in ken palm that's a damn good team so you know, it's like, you know, the casual fan goes, oh, well, those the team must not be very good because they're losing to teams like that. And the reality is they actually are very good. And this is very exciting. And Thursday's game against Arizona is absolutely huge um, to the point that, you know, the team at, right now is uh, on Joe Lunardi's next four out, uh, which is pretty remarkable. Um, considering all of those things, but they've started to pile up wins, which has put them back on that bubble radar. Um, That was something that I said a few weeks ago when I wrote my Monday after I was like, Hey, you know, if they head into Arizona having won, you know, six of seven or six of eight or something like that, they'll be in you know, pretty darn good shape to be back in the bubble conversation. And, you know, well, here we are, they lost to Colorado, they lost to Stanford and um, but they won, you know, six other games and lo and behold, they're in that conversation again. And, you know, people were So many people were so convinced that, oh my God, their hopes are dead. They lost to Boise State. Their hopes are dead. It's over. They have to win the conference tournament in order to get in. And I'm like, man, (laughs) y'all don't realize how many teams 68 is. That's a lot of damn teams to get in that tournament. And uh, so, yeah, they are are very squarely back in the conversation, having done what they've done. And now they've got a huge opportunity.
1: Yeah, and before we get to that opportunity, let's talk about, how they got here uh, this weekend, sweeping the Bay Area for the first time since 1993. Woo. Woo. That is, uh, I was, um, well, I was not yet eight years old when they did that. <laughs> so uh, 1993. I, so the spring of 1993,
0: I would have been a sophomore in high school. So yeah, yeah that, was long, so, that was a long time ago.
1: So obviously that, you know, the level of Cal and, and Stanford were different in those years, but still, you know, the Tony Bennett teams never, uh, swept the Bay area. Clay Thompson never swept the Bay area. Um, you know, the, the, the good Kelvin Sampson teams, uh, in the mid nineties, you know, the, the one that went to the tournament didn't sweep the Bay area. Um, so, uh, there's a lot of shitty basketball in between all the rest of that. So. Yeah. Uh but still, you know, that's it's a big deal. Uh winning two games on the road in conference play is always tough. Um I that Stanford win was so huge on on Thursday because you know, they built up a big lead and then you start they start to let it slip. And then they come back and build the lead again, and they start to let it slip again, and you start to think maybe, maybe they haven't changed. Like maybe this is the same fucking team, and they're gonna do exactly what they did the last time against Stanford. They're gonna just blow it. Yep. But they didn't let that happen, particularly defensively. Um, They they down the stretch, you know, Stanford started hitting shots. But you know, WSU, they they got some stops when Stanford got a little closer. They they stopped scoring. They didn't score for the last four any they didn't hit a single uh, field goal after the last four sixteen, which would be topped against Cal. Uh but they got enough stops to hold on to the lead. Um they hang their hat on the defense, and that saved the day. Uh really in both of these games, but uh down the stretch at least. Uh we can talk about the start of the game against Cal, which was not very good. But, um, but yeah, so just to come through, you know, Michael flowers having a big game against Stanford, 22 points, um, and you have Muhammad gay making plays, you know, if he just make free throws, a lot of his stats would always look so much better.
0: <laughs> that is no joke, man. Oh my gosh. That we gotta fix that. We gotta fix that.
1: But you know, in that game outside, you know, Noah, Noah Williams hits a three. And that's it. That's all he does offensively. Uh, you know, Yakimovsky does almost nothing. You know, gets three shots off after he was a talk. You know, Andy Katz interviewed him. Like he was just like people were writing articles about him. Like it, it was, you know, Andre was the guy. We talked about him in, at length last, last week. And, and then, you know, he just comes out and gets shut down by Stanford. Uh, but it was great to see DJ Rodman. Uh, he's obviously getting healthy again, getting yep. back in shape. Uh, Because he's able to be himself again, Um, and he had a just a really productive 21 minutes, nine points, two boards, um, and a steal. uh, Hit all, you know, hit four of his five shots. Um, You know, he's been Rodman this year has really improved his interior game. Like the funny thing is, if you look at um, hoop math. He has not a, shot a single two-point jumper this season. Uh, but he's shooting a lot more shots at the rim, and he's shooting them yep. very well at a high percentage. Threes and, and layups, he's, man. <laughs> and and he's, he's, he's been able to uh, capitalize on the defense selling out to stop his three-point shot. And he's got some athleticism. Um, yep. As we saw in this game, when he dunked with his left hand on a dude – as he was getting fouled, which they didn't call because yeah. apparently as he got
0: clobbered, smacked his head and into the ground.
1: Like an elbow to the head isn't a foul, even though we have to later in the game spend five minutes reviewing a different, less egregious elbow. Um, but you know, it's whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, whatever's you know, they, the way to approach it. Yep. Um, you know, they, they did some. Like, it's funny in this one that they just they. They only hit 8 of 16 from the free throw line. They still won. Yeah. Uh, they only got 5 offensive rebounds. Only 20% offensive rebounding. Stanford Stanford had 43%, 16 offensive rebounds. They still won. Um, largely because they hit threes. They hit their shots inside. So, they're kind of, you know, last year, they would only win these games if they dominated the the shot, you know, the the shot volume. And you know we love shot volume, but they're showing they can win in other ways. And a lot of it's the interior defense, uh, making it hard for teams to score inside. Um, although Stanford wasn't that bad, you know, um, but they they just they just found a way to win this game. Um, and they have shooters, and that that's helping. You know that's helping. They have shooters, so on any given night, uh, you got guys that are. You know, you know, Ty and Michael F- Flowers and, and, uh, you know, even FA hit one in this game. Uh, DJ hit one. Uh, uh, Muhammad Gay tried one, uh, which was, uh, uh <laughs> a sign of things to come though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really, it was. but really, you know, they've been able to win some games while playing, uh, Flowers and Roberts together a lot. Uh, I think Roberts' defense has improved quite a bit uh, throughout the season. I think he's adjusted yes. uh, to to the size of you know a size and speed of Division One. Um, so it's he's definitely uh, not quite the sort. Now we'll talk about Arizona in a bit with the size of their guards, but Stanford has some big guards too, and and he yeah. was fine against them. So
0: well, it seems like what they've on that defensive note. It seems like what they've really leaned into with the two shorter guards is just really being, uh, for lack of a better word, being a pest um, and yeah. just getting in, getting into people's space, you know, just it, rather than contesting shots in the traditional way, um, just sort of getting up into guys' bodies and making them a little uncomfortable. Um, I think their rotations are more on point. You know, length obviously allows you to recover, right? A little faster and a little more effectively. Um, But it seems like both Flowers and Roberts uh, know a lot better where they're going when they rotate, when they switch, when they scramble, things like that. Um, And so they are able to get close enough to sort of bother shots in a way that they weren't early in the year. So, yeah, it just seems like they kind of figured some things out about how and, and maybe to me that's sort of like the impressive thing about the defense this year is they're doing it in a bit different way. Um obviously the 2 point defense is still really strong and that you know comes from having the big guys um near the rim but you know I mean some of the other stuff isn't isn't quite the same and what they've done is they've figured out how to adjust to having um different kind of personnel you know, a lot less. You know, last year Isaac Bontom was our shortest perimeter player at six three, right? Um, so now we're we're running two guys out there who are both shorter than that. Um, one guy significantly shorter than that, and they've just they figured out how to do it, which I think you know is a, a real credit to the coaching staff that they have, you know, figured out. Okay, we got these two guys; they're not real long, but you know, here's how they can be effective defenders. Um, it, it's sort of an underrated thing, but I think a thing that the coaching staff deserves a ton of
1: credit for. Well, and I think. Uh... One important point is when they 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 had some elite looking defenses when they were out of conference that in Kyle Smith's first two years, but you know that first year they were they were they improved a lot, but they were still only ninth. They still gave one point. You know they were over a point per possession in total in conference play. You know, and then last year they improved. They were still over one point per possession in conference play, but they were fourth defensively. So they 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 improved a lot defensively in terms of their peers. But this year they are first in conference play. Now, some of that's a product of they have not played the best teams yet. But some but they've also played some really fucking good defense against yep. the teams that they should be stopping, and and that's 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 really uh, encouraging. Uh, because they're going to need that defense in the, in the next two weeks. Uh, <laughs> yes, they are. But yeah, so you know they, they beat they beat Stanford. That was big, and then it was really avoiding a bad loss at Cal. Um, Cal's without you know was without their their best player Andre Kelly. So in that way, the the result is a little disappointing, but at the same time, sometimes on that back end of the of the weekend on a road trip when you're going for the sweep, you just you're hoping to get it. And and yeah. honestly, you know, WSU's still without some guys. Like they're not totally yep. full either. Nope. Uh but they they got it together in this one. Obviously again, they let Cal back into it late. Um Cal had a chance to tie the game late. Uh they had a three and they missed it. Um, WSU went, I think it was like s- the last seven 30 ish without a field goal, um, in this one. So that's 724,
0: 724, the last
1: 724. <laughs> no, field goals.
0: one of their last 11. Oh, of their last eight over the last 724. That's bad. That's bad.
1: You know, that's, that's an issue, uh, especially because it's happening. Quite often, they're having yeah. these lulls. It's become a joke in our Slack where the highlight videos just kind of skip forward to the end all the <laughs> it's time. Like, it's, like, it's like,
0: it's like, look, there's a lead with seven minutes to go, and then, oh, sing the fight song, yeah, sing the fight song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it, you know, ask UCLA how it goes trying to uh, get that sweep. Right, they end up losing yep. to Arizona State in triple overtime. Oregon damn near loses to Utah um you know and utah is uh you know probably every bit as bad as as cal i mean it's you know it's just man it is hard to to win on the road in the conference it just is and it always has been and it always will be um so you know to get the win i I don't give a shit how ugly it is um i don't give a shit if it should have been easier um you know for whatever reason cal is just a little bit of a weird tricky matchup for us um You know, I kind of thought at the beginning of the, you know, before the first matchup, I was kind of like, yeah, I could see how this would be tricky. You know, Cal's experience, you know, they they grind it out, they slow you down, they really irritate you uh, by just essentially frustrating you with their pace, right? Um, You know, and that first one kind of proved to be that. I mean, we held them at arm's length most of the game, but we never really ran away with it the way, you know, it sort of feels like we should have. And then same thing with this one, like, you know, you build a lead and then it kind of slips away and... Um, you know, but that's why you build the lead, right. Is, you know, then you have that, you know, you have that wiggle room, you know, Cal's tough, man. And they're experienced and they play hard and they don't quit. And, you know, obviously that's a credit to them. Not that uh, I'm going to give too much credit for that because you're not supposed to quit, but, uh, you know, they just, sometimes there's just a team just sort of plays you well. Um, and after those two games against Cal, it just sort of seems like, you know, that that's kind of their deal. I mean, Grant Antisevich has, um you know pretty big doesn't have a huge game overall but has a pretty big like first i don't know 30 minutes or so right hitting a bunch of threes and just sort of you know being the guy that we remember him being like two years ago yeah um so you know just a lot of stuff going on and you know that's okay i mean it's you know a win is a win is a win is a win on the road you just take yeah you just take what you can get you don't worry too much about it Um, even though, you know, four points doesn't look great. Who cares at this point? As we know, thinking about the bubble and the committee, Ken Palm only had
1: them, only had them winning by five. And so net probably only estimated around that too.
0: Yep. So you saw very little It's not like, uh, you know, we ended up going down in the net or Ken Palm because of it. We didn't, we, we pretty much stayed the same because of it. So yeah, no big deal. Totally take it. Uh, it was not a work of art, but who cares? They're not all going to be works of art and that is okay.
1: Yeah. And some, you know, one thing that was positive, i see flowers coming in shooting well from the outside, had a rough inside the arc game, but yeah. Uh, shooting well from the outside, clutch free throws. Um, and you know, another 21 point game. So he has 43 points on the trip. Yep. Um, F a double, it, double F a big double, double, an incredible dunk like which he made look like the easiest thing in the world. Uh, he also had four steals, two blocks, and then you know Mo, with his ten points. But wait, wait,
0: wait! You can't you can't be overlooking the seven of eight from the free throw line.
1: Seven of eight from F8. the free throw line. Yeah, he, had, he awesome. had some clutch free throws too. Yep. Um, and then you know Mo, uh, you know he had ten points and five, three blocks, two steals. It was so, just, and then he hit two threes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Where did that come from? I, uh, Cal's got to be frustrated with that. Uh, you know, it's, he, it, it was nice to see F.A. and Gay, like, I don't know how many times at WSU ever, do you just see our front line is so much more athletic yeah, than the other front line, and they just completely dominate them? I don't um, recall it ever. Yeah, it was, um, they just When I was could, in
0: school, it was yeah. Mark Hendrickson and Tavares Mack. Uh, Mark Hendrickson obviously ends up, goes and plays, you know, cup of, cup of, coffee in the NBA and then pitches in major league baseball Tavares Mack, pretty athletic, but not like super athletic guy. Carlos Daniel was pretty athletic, but he was only like six, seven. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, this is, this is unlike any pairing in the front court since I've been a Coug, which is, you know, all the way back to 95, you know, it's a long time.
1: Yeah. And then they've been without their, you know, their, they're true kind of big, they're, they're strong man. Um, yeah. is, you know, fairly athletic on his own ride right, and Deshaun, yeah. Deshaun Jackson. I, yep. so one thing that obviously is concerning about this game, this entire weekend is Noah, um, Oh, of yep. seven, uh, missed his only free throw, which was a pretty, you know, it was a crucial free throw. It was a one at, a one and one, and he missed the front end when he could have basically put the game away. Uh, he had two turnovers. He did have a couple assists, a couple rebounds, but um, yeah, that's that's not good. It's really uh, the only, bad. The only <laughs> saving grace, and and uh, Mark Sanderer wrote about it today in Kooks, center, you know uh, Noah basically these two wins were uh, WC's first two wins of the year when Noah had an offensive rating of less than 85, you know, by the way, he had a, uh, let's see, a 15 offensive rating against Cal, So he just, just got a little bit of credit for those assists. One five. Um, but yeah, so one thing that helped is, you know, his usage dipped a little bit. We saw him, you know, 27 to 30, pretty consistently earlier in the season. He was leading the team in usage, um, if he's going to be this uh, ineffective, he's got it. He cannot have the ball in his hands as much. Like, right. I know they want him out there uh, for his defense and, you know, his passing and uh, cause he's one of the, you know, he's basically the only guy that can consistently drive the lane and draw defense, but um, he's just been so bad at finishing at the rim uh that's really that that's really left him he seems to I don't know be more concerned about drawing a foul or something and and I don't know if he's learned these Pac twelve refs don't really give him the benefit of the doubt ever. No, right? they do not. I mean, um so uh <laughs> yeah, he's he's not gonna get those calls, but um yeah, WSU like in this stretch of games, he's gonna need to get his act together. Uh he's gonna have to hit some shots, he's gonna have to play better offensively because they just yeah. can't have this black hole yeah at, at the 3 or the 2 whatever he's playing at the time um offensively when they're playing these teams coming up I do think it helps a ton um, so,
0: so you mentioned that, you know, these, uh, these two games were the, the first two games they've won where he was, you know, quite bad offensively. I, I think a lot of what's mitigating that right now, two things. So you mentioned the, the, the usage going down a bit, which, which definitely helps. Um, but I think the other thing is, you know, uh, you know, FA and Muhammad are both coming along offensively. They are, both of them are becoming legit offensive, uh, weapons. And that is yeah. something that wasn't the case even a month ago, right? Like, both yeah. of them are coming along. Like, we we spent a lot of time talking about how, man, you know, gosh, they just seem to struggle so much when they play two bigs. And, you know, can they play two bigs? You know, should they maybe be playing one big and, you know, four it's not really four smalls, but your your second big is a guy like Yakomovsky, right? Who's you know six eight and you know two hundred and thirty pounds, but he's not big, right? You know, so you're like, well, you know, and so we we did a lot of hand wringing over that, man. Like the last three weeks or so has shown that to be very stupid, or at the very least shown it to be no longer totally relevant because those two guys have become absolute monsters, and not just defensively, but offensively. Like they are both. Um, contributing a ton offensively. And so that mitigates a lot of, um, a lot of what's going on. If Noah struggles, obviously um, you know, if Noah can produce, then that has the potential to really supercharge the offense, which is a lot of kind of what, you know, Mark was getting at with his post. You know, if you, if he you know, suddenly comes around to being, you know, just average um, you know, all of a sudden the offense really, really starts humming. Uh, The question is, you know, is it, is it fixable? Is it, Turnaroundable, which is not really a term but i just made it up so now we're going to count it i'm an english teacher you can trust me um it, you know so much of last year seemed to be predicated on the fact that he could hit a three and yep. i'm <laughs> to to my eye and again this is like a super easy thing for a fan to say and whatever so you know for whatever it's worth to my eye his mechanics look really messed up um you know, his shot has never been a textbook jumper. Um, and you know, last year it seemed like, okay, you know, it's, he kind of figured something out with his jumper. There are lots of people with unorthodox jumpers who have been, you know, perfectly adequate shooters. So, I mean, there's, it it wasn't something where I was like, oh man, this is just some really fluky hot streak. Um, but at the same time it was like, okay, you know, I'm kind of looking at it I'm going, all right. Yeah. He gets his, you know, he's getting his feet, square and he's getting his shoulders square and he's got a nice straight follow through he kind of flicks it but you know at the end sometimes kind of seems to like almost kind of pull his hand back at the end instead of stroking all the way through but okay you know it looks looks okay um it, it just like it it looked like the kind of shot that needs everything kind of needs to be perfect to be um repeatable and and to be successful over and over again it just doesn't look like that right now it looks completely out of whack um his balance looks bad. He doesn't look square to the basket. Um you know, and when you get in that kind of a funk with your shooting uh you know with your shooting form, it can be really 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 tough to get out of it. And especially in the middle of a season, um that's kind of the thing you rebuild over the over an off season, yeah. which is kind of what he did last year. Um, I don't know how much of that can change this year. Um so <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hard and it's frustrating if teams don't really have to guard him at the three point line. Um, you know that definitely makes a difference in terms of his ability to get to the rim, um, at least you know in uh, you know situations where he's got the ball, um, you know maybe isolated. So, I I don't know, man. Do you think do you think this is this is fixable or do you think this is just a matter of saying hey, just don't take too many shots so you don't kill us?
1: Well, yeah, I I wouldn't say it's fixable in terms of yeah. I, I don't think he's gonna be the same player he was last year. Cause I don't think he's going to suddenly start hitting 38% from the three point line. Um, I do think he can fix the other stuff. I think he can. Yeah. The, 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 at the rim stuff, you know, cause he's actually, he's rebounding offensively better this year than he ever has. And so he's, he's can get opportunities through that. He's just, he's not hitting those mid range, like floaters. He's not, you know, he's, he's not finishing drives uh but he was early he was finishing the drives earlier in the season yep so he it's there you know he's just in a funk and if he can just exact like if he's just a little below average WSU is way better and then now he, they've they've seemed to have you know moved to flowers mostly as the as the go-to type guy um, but you see, Noah will still kind of take over at times. Um, if he's going to do that, he's got to be able to hit shots. And, um, you know, no, he's competitive. I, I'm sure he's been working his butt off to try to fix this. Uh, but it's just, it's quite a stark contrast to what he did against Stanford and Cal a season ago. And, and it's, a, it's a bummer that it's, uh, you know, you can look at, you know, he scores 72 points in one weekend and scores three in this weekend against the same two teams. um, And, and that's, that's wild. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to need more from him uh, offensively, but they don't need him to be a superstar offensively. They just need him to be someone that needs to be guarded, you know, and so someone that puts pressure on the defense because he – he has the capability to run the pick and roll better than uh, anyone. Even when he's not shooting the three, he can run the pick and roll better than uh, these other guys because of his height. And, yep. And he's a he's a he's a talented passer. He's got good vision. Uh, you know, his assist rate has dipped this year a little bit, which is kind of wild because he has better shooters around him. Um. So that that's that's concerning. So it's he he's just in a funk and. But he's so competitive, and they have—they have some big games coming up, and I hope that can just kind of fuel him, because he's such—he's he's a guy that really runs on emotion, and these are going to be some emotional games. So hopefully he can—he can meet that, you know. But at the same time, I hope he doesn't feel like he needs to take over, because he just isn't that player that he was last year. Because he's not hitting those outside shots, so he doesn't so defenses don't have to give him he doesn't get that extra quarter of a second of what you know defense because they have to wait and see if he's going to shoot the three right so it's it's yep. just uh yeah it's uh but hopefully he can you know the, i mean he's this cal game is the rock bottom right <laughs> like so it has got it it's got to it's <laughs> gotta, gotta go up
0: god i hope so like I, yeah. I, I can't imagine how it gets a whole lot worse from that i mean a 15 offensive rating is uh uh, it's it's a it's a bit hard to describe how bad that is. Um, occasionally, they, you'll but... see someone throw up a zero in just a, like they'll play like seven minutes because they, they didn't won't do take anything. A sh- yeah, they won't take a shot, they won't score, they didn't have an assist, you know. So they'll give you a big fat zero. But it's pretty rare to see someone play, you know, whatever twenty four minutes and use twenty two or twenty four percent of the possessions and uh, and also come up with a fifteen. <laughs> Um, well, it, so for context, by the way, for people who are like, what, what all these numbers, I don't even know what they mean. Uh, an average offensive rating would be around hundred, probably a little over 100 at this point. Um, so that would mean essentially you're producing about 1.0 points per possession when you do something to end a possession. Okay. So 15 is like eight, essentially 85% worse than average like 85% below average like i i you know there's not really a good way to characterize it it's just it is really 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 bad so uh yeah it's uh, this has got to be rock bottom um I, you know i hope he can kind of get it. i hope he can get it sorted out man he's too valuable maybe we need to play washington i don't know <laughs> man maybe that was our problem we didn't play washington back in december and so uh he wasn't really uh prepared to to soar for the rest of the season i'm i'm honestly not sure so well, I don't know. I mean, we know he's got it in him, but I
1: don't know. the The rough thing in, in against Cal too is is one. You had Yakomovsky who took two shots, so you're not getting much from him. He did hit a yeah. three, but and he's he dealing. A, we, we learned
0: he, he's dealing with an injury.
1: Yeah, it, which makes sense, right? And then, uh, but then Bamba, uh, he's really kind of dropped significantly in the rotation. Yeah also dealing with an injury also dealing with an injury and he had a 21 offensive rating he was 0 for 2 he had a turnover and assist uh so it's you know he just just didn't do as much bad stuff to the offense as noah did because he didn't take as many shots he wasn't having the ball as much but that's 12 minutes of nothing on offense and then 24 minutes of nothing on offense from noah so that you I mean, the fact that they won this game with those two things is pretty impressive when you have two, you know, basically 36 of your 200 minutes are completely non-factors offensively. Um, That's the, you know, to still win is good. Uh, But again, like, you know, it's crazy. Think back Bamba, the rise he had earlier in the season and uh, where he was just one of our, my arguably our best player for a few games and, um, but, yeah, you know, it's a bummer these guys are injured. Maybe Noah's bad an injury, too. But uh, we know he's just had, he might just have some conditioning issues still because he missed so much time. He had COVID, he had the flu. Um, it's, just, you know, who knows how much time he's missed uh, practicing. So it's, you know, they've, they've had contact tracing. So how, who who knows how much time he missed because of that? Um, so, you know, some of these guys just are, are having some tough luck, and WSU's had as we've mentioned before quite a lot of tough luck but they're still there they sweat you know they won five in a row and now they've set up this this huge huge game against arizona which i am uh i had planned for months and months to go to uh i was gonna go you know gonna go all four games this weekend and put there's five now but i wasn't gonna go to the wednesday one but you know i you know with With everything, I'm going to a very close friend's wedding in North Carolina the next week. And I I put off the decision as long as I could. I just didn't want to risk catching a stupid COVID virus, you know, Omicron or some shit, and then having to like cancel that trip or getting there and not being able to just sit in my hotel room, whatever, uh, for risk of, you know, to avoid exposing others. So I've been just basically quarantining myself inside my house uh, up until that. And so I figured it was – I mean, it was incredible, like, agonized over this decision. And then it it becomes this huge game. And I was already agonizing over it before it was even that, you know, because I was just excited about, you know, getting to see two men's games, two women's games, a huge weekend. Uh, But I had to cancel it, um, which is a a bummer. Uh, But, you know, I figured – I haven't flown on an airplane in over two years. I haven't seen my friend who's getting married uh in like three or three to four years. So uh had to had to bite the bullet and and, and yep. do that. Totally you
0: know, couldn't take that chance.
1: Yeah, didn't want to take that chance. But I hope other people are able to find their way. <laughs> I and, hope other people
0: take that chance. <laughs> well,
1: hope other people don't have like you know, friends' weddings that you don't want to ruin on right, the other right. end. On the other yeah. end of the games, uh, but because it'd be really cool to see uh, Beasley alive again. Mostly, you know, it's really the students. If they show up, that's yes. what creates the atmosphere, the yes. noise, everything. Um, especially on the weekday games, where you're less likely to have, um, you know, A lot people of people driving like, down. Like, right. Yeah, uh, so. Yeah, although I did see you know it's, it's pretty tough to get a, a flight to Pullman I just as curiosity it's pretty tough to get a flight to Pullman for this Thursday so uh, hopefully there's a lot of people on a plane heading to Pullman on Thursday to, to watch that game um but yeah uh, this is as big as the game has been you know I I think probably the the famous broken headlight game in uh, yep. Clay's uh, final season. Uh, which had similar stakes, you know, if they, you know, UCLA was not nearly as good as this Arizona team, but they were still, you know, WSU was kind of in the, in the realm where if they got like one more win, one more significant win, they might've been in and UCLA might've provided that. Um, So that was, you know, that, that's a big, it is not
0: a stretch to think that they, one more win would have done the trick. Yep.
1: Yep. Uh, so they they, uh, but obviously Clay didn't play in that game. Castro almost didn't, and then did. Um, so that you know that was probably the last really big game that had uh, consequences like that. But again, this that wasn't even against like a top ten team. Like this, we're talking to, so if you wanted to talk about a game against a top ten team with with stakes, probably the you know you go back you got to go back to uh, you know Tony Bennett. Maybe, you know, uh, you know, they're when they're trying to play in the tournament, maybe, you know, because that, that, that NAT team was never really on the bubble. So no. none of those games. But if you go back to, the um, to, you know, maybe that UCLA game at home early, early in the, you know, it was in February. I guess it was about around the same time as February 7th. Obviously, we knew that team was going to go to the tournament, but that was more of a, um, you know, just getting a big win. So that that was probably the last one that would have had this same sort of excitement. Although that year there was a lot of packed crowds and stuff quite often. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So uh, there there just hasn't been a game like this. You're talking over ten years, maybe fifteen years. Yeah. Uh, since there's been a game like this with these sort of stakes, and that that just shows how long it's been. Since there and was. this
0: good of an opponent, too. I mean, that's that's the other yeah. thing. I mean, all, Arizona yeah. is really fucking good, and Arizona is going to be a one seed. Like, this is a really, really, really good team. Maybe now, not if they beat teams, them. Well, maybe not. This kind of team used to come to Pullman fairly regularly when the Pac-12 was pretty strong. Uh, it's been a few years since the Pac-12 has had a team like this um this is a big deal man this is such you know this is such 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 a big deal um and arizona's rolling you know they they you know beat ucla they beat usc last weekend um they had to come back to beat arizona state uh last night recording this easily yeah but they had to come back they they were behind early they had to kind of come back a little bit arizona
1: state who uh shoots uh 29 from three i believe hit like six of their first seven threes in that game
0: <laughs> yeah i think we should do that i think we should yeah, i think we should do all that of too. our threes um that's how we're gonna win the game but in all seriousness um you know look arizona's just really good and um, this is as good of a team as is gonna visit pullman uh you know definitely this well, and, season and, and, so. and frankly
1: this is a huge game for arizona too you're talking about them being yeah. a number one seed the yeah. knock on them is they don't have the wins to be a right. number 1 seed. You know they right. they beat Illinois uh you know but that that on the road and that's their best road win. Um outside of that, you know they have basically the same road wins that WSU has. And and so you know that Wyoming win is coming through for them at this point, but you know Wyoming's improved quite a bit. But this is a chance for them to prove and and they don't have many. They have us, they have Oregon, And those are their last two quad one games of the year uh, on the schedule. So this is a huge game for them. This is the biggest game left, you know, the the best team left on their schedule. And so this is their basically this, and this is their Oregon they have at home. So that's not actually not going to be a quad one game. So unless Oregon just starts pasting people. Yeah. I mean
0: you gotta get I think it's top thirty, right? Top, top, 30, top thirty and Oregon's forty top thirty team at home to get a quad one, which is and, a totally different conversation.
1: Yeah. Oregon yes. is 40, 49 right now. So they I mean they could yep. get to there by the time they play them, yeah, but I hope yeah. they don't because WSU plays Oregon in that time. That's pretty um, tough. But but uh but yeah, so this is a big game for Arizona. They if they want to yep. be a, a one seed, this is one they need to tick. Uh, But are
0: they going to take it as seriously as they should? I think so. UCLA, they play UCLA, they play USC, they play their rival, right? So that's three massive games in a row. And then two days later, they're in Pullman.
1: Now, what I'm hoping is that they're tired.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are they going to buy that Washington State is actually as tough as Washington State is? I guess we're going to learn a little bit about Tommy Lloyd here and his ability to coach and motivate his team because i look at that and go yeah okay, this, this is a pretty prime letdown spot man uh so you know just factoring in that they're tired too
1: so wsu Kempom gives them a 30 percent win probability in this game so that is crazy uh against the number three team in Kempom. that yeah. shows you how much this team so uh in the kyle smith era they have won some games where they've been 30 percent or less including Oregon last year to start the game, UCLA last year. uh, Let's see the – where were they at to start the Stanford game? Um, Now, Stanford, they were actually, you know, closer to 50. Uh, But, yeah, UCLA and Oregon last year, they were sub 30%. You know, Oregon, 10%, Ken Palm. They won that game. Uh, UCLA – they were, well, they were right. They were 35%. But Kyle Smith has won games like this where they've been this big of an underdog. And truthfully, it's not that big of an underdog. If you're talking no. about something happening 30 no. times out of 100, that's yeah. not insane. Like that's if not If it that happens, weird. that's They're not, not that's crazy. That's not that crazy. Yep. Um, yeah. So, but they've, they've won these, you know, Washington his first year, 12%, uh, 12.7% to start the game. Um, what else we got? That Oregon win at home that year. So they've they've won some big games against teams that they weren't supposed to beat, and they had a you know a, a low percentage. And, and frankly, like again, this is not that low of a probability. This team, this WSU team, is pretty damn good, and that's what makes this again exciting because it's not just like when USC came to town number 1 football in like 2005 and and we're like oh maybe we could beat them it's Haley or whatever maybe it was 2004 yeah 2004 uh, maybe we can beat them it's Haley and then they just come out and paste us because we weren't really good WC was good they had they've they're playing their best basketball right now like if you look at Bart Torvik tracks their game scores most of their most of their best game scores have come you know against like competition have come in the last six or seven games. And so that's it they're playing really well, which we hoped they would do this. They would get better throughout the season. There there's a lot of new guys, there's a lot of young guys. They're coming together. They're kind of figuring out their identity. uh, Like who who does what, you know, who's expected to do what. You know, obviously we've got some injuries. Some guys aren't playing well. We've already talked about that. But despite that, this team is getting better and they're playing really well right now. Uh 31st in Kempom. Um or 30th in Kempom right now as we as we're talking. Um you said Boise State was earlier. Obviously someone uh you know the you know they came I think uh San Francisco had a big loss, which is very good for the bubble. Sorry for yep. Kyle Smith's buddies, but they dropped ton and so Boise State and WSU moved up. Um oh USC with their uh narrow win over pacific in a game I have no <laughs> idea why they were playing uh um, yeah they
0: rescheduled it from uh it was a covid postponement so they went ahead and played it I do not know why yeah. uh but they did
1: so. and then yeah USc narrowly won and that so USc is probably not even that game against USC um at home that WSU lost is there's very strong possibility it's not going to be even a quad one game anymore on the on the on the ledger um which would have if they would have won that game would have been very frustrating if USC yeah. it's pretty um, close it's yeah, pretty close yeah
0: well the iron the irony is had they won it USC is probably not in the top 30 and then it's not a quad one well, anyway
1: well USC was 27 before tonight so they probably, right. they're definitely dropping on a drop top probably dropping with a, with a yep. four point win over a home against i think a uh pacific is like Two fifty ish somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some, something real bad. So that just shows the kind of volatility of these things a little bit. And that's, that shows that WSU can improve as they've done. They've, they've really jumped like 25 spots in, in the net and Ken Palm, um, because they're playing better. Uh, you know, and, and that's, that's why it's exciting. So let's look, how does WSU win this game? You said earlier, Jeff, they need to hit threes. Like they definitely need to hit threes in this game. All of Ar- them, preferably. Arizona has an insanely good interior defense. Christian Coloco, Tabellis to, to is just <laughs> They are big. so
0: tall and so long. Like, we love our big men. It's like if our big men were like,
1: Thirty pounds heavier.
0: <laughs> Thirty pounds heavier and projected to be lottery picks. Like like that's that's what we're facing, man. Like Coloco is a human eraser. And they bring uh, they to- bring
1: Balo off the bench. Yeah. Who's seven? Who would be foot starting, he'd,
0: he'd be starting for anybody else in the conference, including us. You know, he's, he is a monster. Uh, to is, uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but you know, he's, uh, you know, he's athletic and big and strong and physical. Um, there's a reason why these guys are five-star prospects, right? Like Like they bring something to the table that, you know, maybe the, you know, four star prospects uh, don't, you know, things like ready made strength and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, you know, sort of insane athleticism insane you know, FA is a great athlete. We know that Uh, gay is a great athlete. We know that Coloco is like a great athlete with like eight foot wingspan. Like, you know, it's just kind of like bonkers what. Um, what these guys bring to the table. Well, it Coloco, is definitely... is like it,
1: Coloco is like if Gabe was two inches taller. Yes. Didn't lose yes. any athleticism and was yes. 20 pounds heavier. Right. And it was all so, muscle, just pure yeah, muscle. They,
0: they are so tough uh, on the interior. I, I do think a big factor is uh, Deshaun Jackson. Um, you know, and I don't expect that he, if he plays, so Smith, I guess, said he was 50 uh, 50. I don't expect that he'll be great but he got to do know, some fouls man <laughs> yes and and the other thing is i do know that um, you know something we've we've sort of learned from um, you know talking with our with our sources um, is that the team is a is a as a whole is a better rebounding team when he's on the floor um, mm-hmm. particularly on defense you know so he he doesn't just eat up space um you know he's he's a wide body you know who can box guys out, make uh, make it tough for other teams to offensive rebound. As we know, that's been that's been a bit of an issue, right? Like when a team is real good at offensive rebounding, like Stanford, uh, you know they were able to get in there and, and get a whole bunch of those.
1: Um, you know I, I've well, looked yeah, at Arizona's
0: profile, but with with their front line, I assume they get a lot of offensive rebounds. Yeah, so.
1: they are eighth nationally in offensive yep. rebounding percentage. Yep.
0: So having Jackson in there to box out and be big um you know would be would be really i think a big development um you know and then offensive rebounding wise we know that we like to offensive rebound you know deshaun again um doesn't pull down a ton of offensive rebounds and arizona, does is, get his... not,
1: arizona is not a good defensive they're about where we yeah. are defensive rebounding
0: great so probably some of it is uh trying to block shots which they do <laughs> a lot which is the
1: same issue that we have
0: same issue we have um, you know, Deshaun is just real good at even just offensively. He doesn't grab a lot of offensive rebounds, but he gets his hands on a lot of balls and keeps balls alive. Except this year, um, he
1: has been eleven percent offensive well, rebound percentage. Uh,
0: maybe that's a little bit of a his, function of the he gets his hands uh, on a lot competition, of competition, but a, a lot of balls. Craig is what I said. He gets his oh, hands yeah. on a lot of balls, um, and I regret nothing. So yeah, getting him back would would I think be um, you know really really helpful um you know other stuff you know i'm just i'm not really sure i I think i think foul trouble yeah i think foul trouble is the other big thing yeah you know so if if deshaun plays that's great if he doesn't (laughs) you know can i guarantee part of the scout if you're tommy lloyd is you know be super aggressive you know they've got more bigs than we do and they can just sort of be mega aggressive and you know deal with it if um You know, if they get some fouls called and we get some fouls called, that's a that's a net benefit to them. So um, I think that's sort of the other major factor, because I really do think it's going to come down to the front court. You know, I watched Arizona play UCLA twice. Um, The first game, Arizona did not take advantage of their size advantage against UCLA and lost. They shot a crap ton of threes and didn't make very many of them. Uh, The second time around, they remembered that they have a massive front line that's way more talented than than UCLA's and consequently they end up winning the game so you know uh hopefully maybe being at home we benefit from uh from a little bit uh you know friendly whistle i hope um yeah. and that things are maybe a little bit difficult on arizona in
1: that way yeah um it's i the the size across the board worries me that the the smallest guy that they're going to play in the rotation is Kurt Kreese, and he's six yes. three, and he's good. Yes. He's a, a high four star recruit. He, he is a freshman. So uh, the one, so when I was looking, and then they pe- play Pell Pel Larson, another freshman, uh, and then you know they'll play Daylon Terry. He's six seven, so he'll play, he'll slot in at the three, and then they'll push Benedict Matherin to the two, and. Benedict Mathurin is a very athletic, six foot six guy. <laughs> so they like they're yep. huge, they're big, they're just big, big, big across the board. Now, what I am looking for the way WSU can hopefully crack some, you know, outside of hitting, they got to hit like forty plus percent from three in this game. Yeah, like I like I I don't want to be absolute, but I'm sure the coaches are thinking that too. Like yeah. we're gonna knock down our threes because Arizona is gonna be tough to score on, and with our playmakers are going to be out. You know, they're, the the defender across from them is gonna have several inches on them. Typically, um, you, know, our tie, you know, our you know our Noah Ty and and uh, Flowers, we're gonna have to hit some deep threes, uh, and it would hopefully Ty's quickness is you know he can find so he's he seems to be getting better and better about uh you know using his ability to yep to get by guys and then find he's just not
0: then... gonna find as much room in that mid range with not. all that
1: length. That's gonna be that's gonna be the tough part. Well and what so if there's anything when I look at the profile their offensive profile that is exploitable is they do have these two freshman guards that they play a bunch, Krisa and Larson. Yep. and they both have pretty high turnover rates they're both at 22 percent. so this is not a team that turns the ball over a ton overall you know they're kind of middle yeah. of the pack in that uh but but those guys do and we're very good at forcing turnovers from the opposing team's guards and so i'm I'm hoping that uh, we can get some easy buckets, get some stops just from forcing turnovers. Because this game on both ends is going to be a rebounding nightmare. I, yeah. I I think we're gonna we're gonna get offensive boards like crazy. They're gonna get offensive boards like crazy. It's going to be frustrating on both sides. So we gotta get we gotta prevent shots. Like, we just got to prevent that shot from going up as much as we can. And so winning the turnover battle here. Hopefully putting some pressure, you know, our, hopefully our savvy, uh, older guards can put some pressure on their younger guards. Hopefully maybe we get some, get, get some hype students and, and, you know, rattle them a bit. Uh, cause they really, you know, they, they, they just played a couple big games, but they played those in front of their own fans. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see what they can do. Um, they're, they're all good. There's no bad players on this team. Like, no there there's we were talking about the holes on our squad. We don't have honestly there there's far, fewer and fewer on any since any team we've had, but they don't have a hole. Like there there's no. not a hole on this team. Um when I, you know, I always look and try to find uh the 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 weaknesses, they it's for them it's it's the guards turning the ball over, it's their their defensive rebounding. They, uh, but that's pretty much it. And they don't, they do allow, so they don't allow too many, uh, threes, um, but they allow them at a decent percentage, you know, 32%, which is below, it's above average, but it's not like they're shutting down three point shooters. Um, so that WSU can find looks out there and they're going to have to hit them. And then if they miss them, they're gonna to have to clean the glass and probably rely less on putbacks and more on kickback outs. So I know some of y'all are gonna be frustrated if we put up like three threes in a offensive possession. But yes. that might be our best way to points. Because when it, you have
0: it probably
1: is. When you have multiple <laughs> seven footers right in front of your face who got twenty pounds on your seven footers, like it's it's yeah. uh it's it's tough. Uh, yeah, so it this is tough, you know. Um they're gonna have to uh defensively force Arizona into some tougher shots, you know, mid-range. They're gonna have to play the pick and roll really well. Tibelis is a master in the pick and roll. Like he wastes no movement. Like no, nope, he's really, really good. He's so good in the pick and roll. Great he knows, hands. Yep, great he catches every catches basket. every pass, very good touch. Yep. So They're just gonna have to shut that down. Like they're they're gonna have to prevent him from getting the ball in the first place and then force the guard into a tough challenge jumper. That's that's the only way it's gonna work. That's easier said than done. Like these guys are good. Like it's it's gonna be hard. But honestly, not that much has to swing for WSU to win. Like they just need to be a little bit better defensive rebounding than Arizona. They need to force a couple more turnovers in Arizona and they need yep. to hit it. They need to hit a few more threes in Arizona. Like yeah. that's, that's how it flips. That's how they can overcome some of their deficiencies. And They're then hopefully a little like bit of said, luck, right? Yeah. They, like, and then hopefully a like you said, luck. they need the home whistle. Yep. Because they could easily, we could easily see, remember when they played Arizona last year and we had no big guys left when we went to overtime like they, yep. There was, there was no one left to play and, and yep. there was no one left period. I, I think uh, like DJ Rodman was like, no, maybe that was the Arizona state game and DJ Rodman was like running the offense because we had no one left. Um, But, but yeah, there was like all the bigs fouled out in that game. And it's because Arizona just has so much size and they just attack the inside. They, cause they're, they're a great offense, but they don't shoot threes particularly well and they don't shoot that many. So I do
0: wonder if we if we zone them up a little bit to try and entice some threes and try and introduce I, I know that honestly, you know that the, then becomes yeah. a rebounding nightmare but maybe you entice some uh some variance into the game by you know enticing them into some threes and you know maybe they miss a bunch
1: and uh, I think we're because they're not a
0: great shooting team.
1: I almost you you can kind of think that maybe uh Smith has been deploying the zone in some games that maybe they could get away with it for this upcoming set of games where they're going to play much better athletes yeah and and just to so their guys can get a little more used to it and i do
0: wonder if they mess with the rotation a little bit too you know if they go because we talked about this earlier today you were like you know can they play flowers and and roberts at the same time you know, maybe they maybe they go zone. We, we and... saw that it
1: was a disaster against our, uh, USC earlier in the season. Yeah. Yep. And that was a That's, long time
0: ago. I think the zone yeah. is a lot better now, but yeah. still, the point remains.
1: But but the problem with when you have small guards at the top of the zone, the the looks become so much cleaner for the guard. You know, for those three point shots, because yep. you're just you're just not in their face as much, right? Like. Yep. And and then you that you can't get into you know they have the long arms getting into the passing lane everything like that so I don't yeah. know man like I'm I'm hyped for it Uh, Ugh. I it, it's I'm gonna drink so much beer it's gonna be great it's it's just yeah thirty percent out of you know three times out of ten Ken Palm thinks that's they not win this crazy. game that's pretty fucking good we're playing the number well now they're number two <laughs> number it's number two, two versus, Ken Palm. two versus thirty. That will be, okay, so only Ken Palm nerds
0: nerds will get this, but it's pretty much guaranteed to be uh, Ken Palm's number
1: one fan match game of the night. So, for whatever that's worth. Oh, look, it's number two right now. Oh! Number number five, it's very close. uh, So, number five Purdue at 49 Michigan is is a 73.4 thrill score. And I call WSU bullshit. is a 72. They're, these games are tipping at the exact same time too. Sorry, college basketball fans. i um, bet the thrill
0: score is simply that uh, the Purdue is only favored by, is favored by slightly less. I think, well, I think it's Michigan. probably. There's also a pace yeah, element to it.
1: Yeah, well. I think, yeah, I think it's a pace. Purdue is, you know, uh, not a good defensive team, but they're a great, Yes. They're like the best offensive team. I think
0: that's weighted as well. So I think it tilts towards offense.
1: Yeah, because yeah. they're so the score for WSU is 74 68 predicted Arizona and Purdue 79 yeah, 74. So I that's it. yeah, I bet those few extra points. But yeah, you I mean, you were almost right, man. I was like, close. <laughs> you almost that's some it.
0: bullshit. I'm going to send an email to Ken. Be yeah. are like, what the fuck? Why does your machine hate us? What are you doing? Bart Torvik has us rated 17. Why do you hate
1: us? So by the way, um, that, that Bart Torvik, uh, <laughs> uh, which I, if you read my, if you read my, um, post on the very, you know, the net and, and what it means and all that, uh, I, what I've kind of figured out what I think, how Bart system likes us so much is that he's added, um, this, uh, Component to his ratings called, he calls it, it's, he says it's a small but significant change addition to the ratings. It's a metric called game script plus minus, which is derived from play by play data and measures a team's average lead slash deficit during a game. So, and then he gets rid of it when it's, at, the game is no longer in question. So, um which I'm assuming when it hits like a, a 100% or 99%, something like that, you know. Um, so he says this adds a measure of game control and potential. Oh no! So that's that's for that. But, but anyway, so he's got a longer explanation. But uh, you guys can go read that if you want. But so basically, WSU is getting credit in Bart system because they've had big. They've led even on the games they've lost. They've either been close or leading most of the game. Like and they've even had big leads for long big stretches. big leads for most of the game, and so that's that's where they're getting. Um, that's where they're getting that that bump i think that uh, cuz i think that he, makes a lot of sense yeah cuz yeah 17 i, I want to believe that and he's got arizona <laughs> yeah he's got arizona at 5 so bart yeah. bart gives us 45% chance to win he's got arizona by 1 72-71 Whew. as the average it's score basically a coin flip man yeah bart's got this thing as a coin flip so fuck yeah bart we I hope yeah. we love Well, Park. I don't We've hope you're right because you still have us losing slightly, but I hope you're <laughs> you're more right than Ken Pop yes. is. Yeah. And Nett is, you know. So yeah. So and if we want to talk about also, uh, we haven't even mentioned wins above bubble yet. Yeah. This is a big wins above bubble game. You can get yes, it is. three almost three-quarters of a win above bubble yes. um, from this game alone. Uh yeah. so yeah. I mean if you want to get even more hyped, Bart thinks this thing's a coin flip. Um so refs help us out. Hit those threes, turn those ball turn that ball over. Young Arizona guards. Tubelis, just I don't know, like trip a couple times. Um Coloco, uh please Deshaun play so someone can box him out. Um I, you know, just fifteen minutes from Deshaun would be huge. Um, hopefully he can see, I've had an injury before. One thing I do am concerned about when I had a, I got hit in the eye with a baseball when I was in high school, I had to like sit almost completely still. Like I could barely, I wasn't supposed to do any sudden movements for an entire week. And
0: that pressure, that pressure is so bad. Yeah.
1: So I wonder if, you know, he kind of got behind on his conditioning a little bit too. Uh,
0: I would assume so. Yeah. I would assume so. I, I guess it kind of depends on what the injury is. Yeah. You know, like it's it's one thing to get hit in the face with a baseball or punched in the eye or whatever. It's maybe a different thing if he got scratched. Yeah. Um, you know, so hopefully maybe – I mean, I don't know which is worse long term, but um, hopefully it's something that allowed him to keep, you know, working out and, and staying in shape. Uh, and I don't know, man, just get him some sunglasses, goggles or something and, you know, let him go out there and – just kind of hack some people and you know, just and hell yeah. Just Horace Grant. Eat up, style. eat up some minutes, man. Eat up Horace some minutes. Grant, Bill Cartwright. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about.
1: So yeah, you can hit a couple of 15 need, need footers like Horace Grant. That'd be great too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bring that. Yeah. Wow. We are an hour in, we haven't even talked. Yes, so, we are. Then we have, so after that Arizona state, uh, that's a trap game. Yeah. A hundred percent. Uh Arizona State has shown that they uh can be pesky recently. Yes. Um obviously they it was a bit of a fluky win over them the first time. I gotta say a little bit. <laughs> yep. Um you don't win many Probably games. Probably don't expect that again when you're at like 0.74 points per possession that WSU was at and win by 22, you don't, you don't see that again. I I expect this to still be a defensive game. It's two teams that are definitely much better defensively than they are offensively. Arizona state, pretty solid defensive team as our most fucking PAC 12 teams. This is a defensive conference this year. And like, it just, there's a lot of teams that are real bad offensively and good defensively. Um, yep. Uh, so, but they, you know, they've, the last few games, they uh, what they beat UCLA. Uh, they, you know, they they challenged Arizona for a half. Um, they uh, took USC uh, down to the wire. Um, so I don't expect FSU to run away with this game. I expect them to win, but there could be some letdown uh, because of the how massive the Thursday game is. Uh, so there's some worry there. And if you lose that Thursday game, you better fucking win this game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, um,
0: that's, you know, honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say the Arizona state game doesn't matter if we beat Arizona. I mean, it does, but also like (laughs) we get way, way more out of a win over Arizona than we would be penalized for a loss to
1: ASU. So exactly. Um,
0: but, you know, winning them both, winning them both is better. So let, let's try and do that.
1: Yep. So, yeah, let's. And then there's three huge games, which we'll talk about next week, which we'll have to record or actually maybe we should talk about the Oregon game because we're probably not gonna record no. before that. Good God. It's one oh <laughs> we're at one oh five, man. Okay. We'll uh we might have to either not preview that game or we will record Maybe earlier. we'll
0: record on Sunday. I think I think well, that's if, probably
1: more if obviously. WSU beats Arizona on Thursday, we might record a podcast on Thursday night. Let's be honest. We, we might. That is true. <laughs> um better. uh so yeah. Uh let's take a break, then we'll talk about women's hoops. All right. All right, Jeff, before we talk about the WSU women's Soup's team who had a, a, a very nice split this weekend, uh, kept the, kept on track, um, why don't you tell me what you're drinking? Uh, you might have just switched to another beer because I heard a crack.
0: I, I did. You know, we, we're on to the second one now. Took me an hour to drink that other one.
1: Uh,
0: all right. So I had to start with. Um, I had the... Seventh anniversary Hoppy Pilsner from Holy Mountain, uh, which is an absolutely positively delicious uh, Pilsner. I do love me some Hoppy Pilsners. Um, This is uh, clean and refreshing, but also with that, you know, that Hoppy flavor. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure you've had it. And I'm sure you have thoughts about it. Uh, I thought it was delicious and loved it. And now I'm wishing I would have bought more than one.
1: Um, yeah, uh, it's very good. I, I went and picked one of those up, you know, when they had all their anniversary beers, they had an anniversary double IPA as well. Um, I can't believe they've been around for seven years. Uh, Holy Mountain, as I said before, kind of truly was like a game changer in the Seattle beer scene. Northwest, you know, really the org, you know, the entire state, um, just kind of raised the, the standard. Um, so it's, uh, um, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, it it's cool. Um, and I enjoyed that beer as well. Uh, they yeah. they produce some great loggers. Yes, they do.
0: Yeah, what are you drinking, man?
1: So, um, because we need to hit a lot of threes this weekend, um, I said, uh, um, I'm drinking a beer from Three Suns Brewing out of Florida, um, which was like out of Dania Beach, Florida which is one of those breweries out of Florida that loves to make, uh, real, um, a lot of like thick and, and very, uh, adjunct heavy beers. Um, this one is not super, you know, big. It's a, it's called excuse my French toast. Oh, I, I, I messed up the name on, on Twitter. I said, Pardon my French toast, whatever it's called excuse my <laughs> French toast.
0: It should have been Pardon um, my French toast. Let's be yeah, real. I know exactly. It should
1: have been, uh, It's a brown ale, 7%, so kind of a bigger brown ale. Uh, French toast-inspired ale with natural flavors. Definitely maple syrup on the nose on here. Um, Maple syrup in the, you know, a little bit of maple. um, Not overwhelming, like, uh, with, like, double stack from Great Notion or anything like that. But real solid drinker. The maple goes well. It's kind of a darker brown ale. Um, Maple goes well with it. I think I'm not sure what else they put in there. Um, I wouldn't say it tastes like French toast. Uh, it doesn't really, I I don't, there's maybe a little bit hint of like cinnamon in there, but, um, it's tasty and it's easy to drink. And, um, I've had some big beers recently, so I I dialed it back just a notch, but still had some absurdity to it. So three sons, excuse my French toast. Fuck. Um, so they, uh, (laughs) um, hit some threes this weekend. Cougs, uh, we would love some threes. Um, so uh let's talk about uh women's hoops. So they um they according to ESPN are on the right side of the bubble right now. Uh they're in the in in the uh last four in. Uh, so a few slots ahead of where the coo- the the men's are. Um but they went out, they had a big weekend to well what I uh was told um actually by wsu is reminded i guess is that the uh women uh, selection committee does not use the quadrant system um
0: which is probably smart because yeah probably better kind of kind of silly
1: i think any system that has like such demarcations is kind of stupid like oh 70 yeah, completely you, oh you beat right? you beat number 76 that doesn't matter oh you beat number 75 oh hello oh yeah um, let's, let's which bring is that. i always hated that with rpi too where they're like top 50 wins it's like okay so top 52 wins aren't good <laughs> i don't know i know um, well,
0: and then the and then the fact that the demarcations are also so arbitrary right like so you look at the quad one wins it's Okay, teams that you play at home that are ranked one through thirty, teams that you play at neutral sites that are one through fifty, and then teams that you play on the road that are one through seventy-five, and it's like, okay, you clearly just made those numbers
1: up. Like, there's I don't know no because they, uh... they they're pretty similar to what Ken Palm does for A and B games. Is he? Yeah, I they're... don't remember where his his where his, his is uh... not his is not a number. His is an efficiency margin. So sometimes yeah. it'll stretch out farther to like okay. like Stanford on the road. Ninety is a, is a B game, but yeah, but I, I don't know, man. I mean, it seems I like the
0: the idea I, that playing the number thirty team at home is the equivalent of beating the number seventy five team on the road. It, it seems to me a little absurd.
1: Yeah. But, well, well, I mean, if you're looking at the predictive values, so uh, W S U is playing the number 32 team on the road and they're predicted to lose by three points and then they play the number 51 team at home and they're predicted to win by five points they're probably i am they're probably just finding trying to find where that like because it's typically a six point difference like so look at oregon the home game against oregon they're predicted to win by five the road game predicted to lose by one So it's usually like about a six point difference. So three points for you, three points less for them if you're at home. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing they were trying to hit that kind of predicted margin, like wherever the six point, the six point lands, but you're also saying that the number 31 team beating the number 31 team on the road is the same as beating the number 75 team on the road, which is, I think the stupidest thing about these demarcations. But anyways, we're talking about the women's team where they don't use these. (laughs) No. But these were two... They went on the road to play two top 40 net teams. The women's selection committee does use net. Um, Top 40 net teams uh, came out and beat, got a huge win um, over Colorado on Friday. Charlize finally, finally was able to knock down shots as we kind of expect her to do. She's really struggled with her shot this year. But she came out and dropped 30. Um, huge game. Uh, 4 of 10 from 3. Uh, 9 of 18 overall. 8 of 10 from the line. Um, 30 points. Huge. And then you had Yo, uh, Johanna uh, Tedder, get 14 points on 4 of 10, shooting 4 of 8 from 3. So, they, you know, their top two scorers really carried the day. Um, and they have played what they've done all season played great defense and then, um, squeezed out a win. And so it's just, I mean, the biggest thing for me is it was, it was fun to see Charlize carry them to a win again. Like she did multiple times last year in a big game.
0: Yeah. I mean, we were wondering if she was healthy, right? Like we were kind of like,
1: is something wrong?
0: Um, didn't look like it. Didn't look like it, which is great. That's, that's, that's huge. It's fantastic news, and one of the things we know about this team is that they're not quite as, uh, you know, as relying on Charlize as they were a year ago, which is great. Um, but also, okay, you know, give me the Charlie's from last year plus the improvements that other people have made, and you know, now you're really cooking. So uh, it's very exciting to see you know Charlize break out a little bit. Um, you know, she's played a ton of basketball over the last year uh, both with us and with, uh, you know, with the national team in New Zealand. And so, I mean, she's got a lot of minutes on her legs right now. And I wonder if maybe, you know, she was a little tired, um, you know, if she's, if she is coming around on this, that is, that is, that is absolutely huge and absolutely massive, especially since, you know, as you said, they're already on the right side of the bubble. They don't need to make any kind of dramatic push, you know, maybe in the same way the men do, which is, uh, which is great.
1: Yeah. And, and so they already have, you know, adding Colorado, um, they have that win on the road. They have Gonzaga on the road, uh, USC on the road, all, you know, impressive, you know, wins that'll ultimately I think be impressive, um, to the, to the committee. Um, and so, but they have, uh, and then I and mean, they came at, then, uh, you know, two days later play, you know, not even two days later, um, have to you know travel utah this mountain trip is always going to be hard you're playing both games at elevation um utah is actually good this year they're very good um they were top 20 in net before i think they dipped a little bit but um utah is just a you know from watching that game just they have a lot of shooters very good offensive team uh bella got into a foul trouble early she's a very important defensive player for the cougs um, so she ended up only playing 22 minutes total. Um, so they and they they definitely had to. They went deeper into the bench in this game than they normally do. And that, yeah. But you still had uh, Yo playing 40 and and Charlize playing 38. But you know, Ula was actually in foul trouble in this game too, um, and ended up fouling out. So she only played 29 after playing 40 minutes against Colorado. So. You know, foul troubles definitely hurt them. And then you get to the fourth quarter and they start the fourth down 19. They made a hell of a run at it. <laughs> um, they uh, got it down to five with about two minutes left and then just couldn't finish the deal. They got it down to, you know, six or like seven. But it should have been five, by the way, because uh, Crystal Edge Walker definitely hit a three. She had her foot on the men's line, not the women's line. Yeah. Um, and I, th- they, so they messed that up. They, it's funny thing is they reviewed the play right after for a really long time, uh, a tip out of bounds, um, that went for WSU and they didn't bother to also review the three so that if WSU would have came out and like got a quick three right after that, that would have been quite a big deal. Um, but they, they, uh, it ultimately didn't matter except in net every point matters. Um, so that was a bummer loss. Uh, they just, you know, they've been, a, a a hell of a comeback team. You know, they came back from, I think nine down against Colorado. Uh, but the 19 point fourth quarter deficit maybe was finally, uh, the, the, the comeback with that was too much. So, so yeah, they're in a good place now though, getting the split and now they have three games this week, Oregon and, and the, the, the toughest one being Oregon on Wednesday. Oregon is, uh, I believe, 10th in net, ninth or 10th. Um, so that's a chance for another, or they're 13th right now. So that's a chance for another uh, big resume win. And then playing UCLA and USC, UCLA in particular, U- UCLA is another bubble team. Beating them would be huge. And then USC, potentially another bubble team too, beating them. Uh, would be yep. a big deal. So, uh, three big games for them again this weekend. If you're in town to watch the men, you can watch the women's games too. Like just go to the women's games too. Yeah. Pack it out. Like, Easy peasy. Yeah. And this is uh this is the kickoff of an actual
0: five game homestand. So yeah. this is, this is their huge, chance. Huge home you know, stand. Yeah. A huge homestand chance to make a bunch of hay. Um, you know, you gotta win those
1: games at home. So
0: yeah, big, big, big deal. Big deal.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully that Colorado game was a sign of things to come from Charlize because if Charlize can get back to the Charlize that we know, oh, they're yeah. tough. They're tough. to. They can beat Yes. Almost anyone besides Stanford. Um, but like uh, <laughs> almost anyone. Yeah. Uh, Stanford's so it's kind of a different deal because Charlize really is just that special player that can carry you to wins. And I think, you know, Oregon is a chance for her to do that again. If they can get Oregon, they're going to be pretty solidly in with a bunch of uh, games. Down. And then the, the next week they have a chance with Arizona as well. And, and, and then Arizona state, another bubble team. So this is like, you're playing nothing but bubble teams or big games down the stretch. You know, Oregon, I think, it, you know, cause they're so they, they're high in net, but they don't have the wins quite as much. Um, so they're probably not as quite as solidly. And so knocking off some of these teams that might be compared to you are huge is, is, is going to be huge. So hopefully we can see, you know, by the time you're listening to this, they're probably already playing. They play Oregon at noon on, uh, on Wednesday. So thanks for that. Yeah. Um,
0: thanks pac
1: 12. we have to take a long lunch for that one. So, Yeah. I mean, when we only have two sports to talk about, I guess that's fine, you know? Um, Yeah. uh, I, you know, hopefully we have a big fucking weekend in Pullman. You know, three women's games, two men's games, Wednesday and Thursday being the really, really big games. And then on the weekend, just games that you'd love to see them take care of business um, at home for... Both teams, it could just be super fun. Again, I'm super bummed that I won't be there. Um super jealous of all y'all that will be there. Ha, um, be loud, you know, and and support the team. Um, I, I do think, you know, at least on the Friday uh, game, we'll see some nice attendance for the women because of the, you know, maybe the people that came for the Thursday-Saturday men's game. So hopefully that can put them over the top against UCLA, who they really pushed um, for you know three quarters of the game, and then UCLA hit a bunch of threes in the fourth quarter at Poly, and then came away uh, with the win. So, um, winning that game would be huge. Winning Oregon would be huge, um, and then sweeping USC would be huge too. So, um, yeah, I'd just love to have a, just a a great weekend of basketball in Pullman uh, with our two teams that are both fighting for NCAA tournament berths. Um probably in if you if you combine like if you're talking about both teams at the same time one of the biggest basketball weekends ever in Pullman yeah so so hopefully for sure we can we can have some fun and uh win yeah. some games and uh, be merry yes all right so um if you uh, if you like us so much you might as well subscribe. And you might as well rate us five stars and get, leave us a comment about why you like us. Um, so give us that five-star rating. We love that five-star rating. We love those subscribers. Uh, that makes us look good. That pushes us up the you know, the ratings, the subscribers. That pushes us up the list. If someone's searching for a sports podcast searching for a Coog podcast, uh, that puts us towards the top of the list. So that helps us out. Yeah. Um, If you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at the Craig Powers. Jeff is at Pod Versus Everyone. Um, I am at Craig W Powers on Instagram. Um, I was hoping to have filled it with a bunch of pictures in Pullman this weekend, but I won't. But you know, we got my bachelor party coming up uh, in Pullman in just a three in just a few short weeks. Uh, We got big plans. Big plans for that. Um, So uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, so you'll definitely want to follow me on Instagram for that debauchery Um, and then uh, yeah if you have an email questions uh, we definitely got some uh, email questions uh, but you know I gotta go help my fiance with the baby so we're not gonna take those tonight (laughs) Um, uh, you know life comes at you fast when you uh, add that second yeah that's Um, out so yeah but Jeff with all my fucking heart I will say, not just go gooks this time, but go fucking kooks.
0: Go fucking kooks, Greg. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated. Got to if you want to watch that game.